Hey, all you intrepid architects out there. If you believe design can change the world, then you've found your humans here on this show, Architecting. My name is Angela Mazzi, and I'm an architect and career coach who's figured out how to live my passion while claiming a successful architecture career and lifestyle. This show is about the architect as a person and will help you bypass the status quo traps in our profession while teaching you how to make an impact in your career. We need to stand in our power as architects and use our skills to make great places. If you're with me, let's get architecting. Hello there, architecting community. Great to be with you today. Our topic is centered around something that I know I struggle with all the time, and that is the tendency to internalize someone else's issues. And we're going to talk today about how to distinguish between constructive criticism that, of course, you should listen to and work to improve yourself at all times versus someone's projections, which can be very triggering, but that aren't really at all about you. And I'm going to start this by talking about something that I know is an issue for me and I bet is one for many of you too, and that is my authority story. I grew up with a mother who had very high expectations of me, and while she provided me with all kinds of resources to learn and develop and grow, she also expected a lot from me. So the lesson I took from that was that Whatever I was, was never enough, and I always needed to be better and more, and that I needed to be good at everything rather than good at the things I enjoyed doing. And especially around socializing, I am a huge introvert. My sister jokes that I could be a hermit and I wouldn't even notice. I'm like, yeah, you know, I really don't get lonely. I like being alone. Nothing is more glorious to me than being home all by myself. And because of that, I wasn't the most social kid. I had a few very close friends and my mother thought I should be having like huge parties and would criticize me. So again, that message being sent of not only are you not enough, but that you're doing it wrong. That made me really uncomfortable. It set up a lot of limiting beliefs about what I should do versus what I wanted to do. And I am a very driven person. And as a result, I just was very much an independent thinker and a rebel and an outlaw. So I just kind of said, well, if you're not going to invite me to the party, who cares? Who needs you? I'm going to play my own game. As an introvert, I think I was particularly well suited to do that because I really don't need people. I'm fine all by myself. So it was easy for me to just say, I don't belong, and so I leave. Who needs you? I'm going to do what I want to do anyway, and I will do it in spite of you. 
and I will keep going and you're not going to stop me, you know, in all of that kind of rebellious energy instead of saying, how could we work together? How can we solve this problem? Because one, I was already set up to believe it wasn't really going to get solved. And two, I didn't feel comfortable having those conversations. And three, I didn't really care about whether I worked together with people or not because I was happy doing everything all by myself. So if you are an introvert, you may be able to relate to this mindset and understand how, especially in today's world that is hyper-focused on collaboration in every dimension one could collaborate, it ain't going to get you way too far to have the attitude of, I don't belong and so I leave. And I am the rebel and I'm going to ask for forgiveness, not permission, because I don't care what you think. I only care about doing the things I'm driven to do and I'm not going to let you stop me and I don't trust you to work with me, so I'm going to go it alone. Now that can be really slippery slope when that's your approach and you're working within your company and you're trying to do a good job and you're absolutely working to mentor others and give people opportunities and set up a framework for success for everyone at whatever level they're at. But there can be this tendency to want to disengage if someone doesn't want to play. So you give them the opportunity, they don't take it, and you say, eh, they're not interested, next, rather than saying, how could I engage with them further? How could I be more involved with them? And that authority story also goes further that when someone isn't happy with something you've done or not done, that you feel very attacked, no matter what they actually said to you, you feel made wrong and therefore you go into withdrawal over the whole thing instead of going into a state of asking them more questions about why they feel that way and getting to the root cause of what's going on. So I recently had an experience where in a conversation with someone about another employee and it came up in the conversation, you know, I don't know that you've ever done enough to make this individual as much a part of the team as you could have or fully harness their talents. And that really hurt me. That really stung because in fact, I had for multiple opportunities over a very long period of time in a lot of different ways reached out to this person. And we had collaborated successfully on both initiatives for the firm and some client projects. Um, more recently, I'd had some trouble with getting them engaged in a different initiative where they just kept dropping the ball. And I was bringing that up 
And I was saying, how can I help this person be successful both in conversations with them and conversations with my boss? So it was very hurtful to me to basically imply that I hadn't done all the things I had been doing. And I immediately went into that very defensive feeling of, that's not true. How can you say that? Instead of saying, why do you feel that way? Could you explain in more detail what's making you have that perception? Because these are the things that I've actually done to engage this staff member. And here's the successes and here are the challenges. And you know about all of this. So explain to me where you're seeing the problem now. And I couldn't do that because I felt very emotionally triggered. Oh, a little bit hurt, a little bit angry, a little bit not sure how to take it, right? As we all are in those situations. And what I had to realize, what I had to kind of draw on emotional intelligence, which sometimes happens several hours after an actual incident occurs, is to say, this was a projection. What was going on between those two people was hurtful to the person I was speaking to and were therefore trying to project ways that other people had not done something that they themselves felt they had failed at. So it boils down to someone hurting someone else or not meeting someone else's expectations, that in turn triggering person B and person B then trying to project what they feel to be their own maybe failures, whether that's true or not doesn't matter. It's how they feel onto others to try to say, hey, it isn't just me. And that in some way helps them to feel better that it isn't just me. How do you deal with this, right? I think you have to, one, get past the emotional trigger because the emotional trigger will always make you feel made wrong even when you haven't been wronged will always make you look for that tiny grain of truth that's barely there in what you're being told and focus on that and focus on feeling guilt and shame instead of saying, that's not going to get us anywhere in evolving the situation. So let's learn a little bit more about the root cause, what's actually happening how we could do better, what were the pros and the cons, because I think it's important to celebrate what worked and to do an anatomy study of that just as much as we do an anatomy of failures. I think it's important not to conflate issues. So it's more than just how well I, in this example, engage with this particular staff member, it also becomes how I do everything. And am I doing enough? 
a really kind of unfair thing to say. So I'm going to bring it back home for you. You should always trust your gut. Always look for the emotional triggers. So if you're in a situation and something said hits you a little bit off or you find yourself reacting emotionally with, you know, what I call the red flag emotions of anger, guilt, or shame, you need to really stop and you need to pull back out of the immediacy of what's being said. And if you need to, you need to actually say, I would like to have this conversation at a different time. Definitely unhook emotionally. And then secondly, pretend that it's not you having the conversation. If this were someone else having this exact conversation and you were just a invisible observer of this situation, what would you perceive in the body language of the person talking? What would you notice about the language they used, the specific choices of words? What statements might they be making that feel like roast generalizations as opposed to naming actual events? And then what questions could you ask to drill a little deeper. So for example, if body language and word choice shows that this person is feeling frustrated or angry or betrayed, you should say something to the effect of, I can see that you feel frustrated. Let's talk about that. What's really making you feel this bad? and give them the opportunity and the safe space to really unpack what's going on rather than feeling that they need to just let it out but also bring other people along with them. Or if you're noticing that they're making a lot of gross generalizations, ask, can you name a specific time that you think this might have happened? Or is there a specific example that you'd like to use and we can do a deep dive into that specific example? Or would you like to meet at another time and look at this situation comprehensively? What I want you to do that I, in that moment, was not very good at doing, and I want you to always learn from where I am because I like to think I'm a few steps ahead of you, but I do not have everything all figured out, is you have to know yourself. And as an introvert, as someone who has to really put effort into being a team player and a collaborator, as somebody who has an authority story, it's very, very easy for me to get emotionally triggered around any criticism, fair or unfair, that comes up around those issues. And then I have a much harder time pulling back 
and turning things around, turning the mirror back around on the speaker and saying, how are you feeling? Why are you feeling this way? What's really behind this? And instead, find myself playing defense. So what I really want to help all of you get a lot better at doing is saying, my life is not your movie. My life is my life. I am sovereign here. You are sovereign here. And how do we productively solve a problem? How do we work to really get where we need to go as opposed to projecting issues onto one another and making a lot of assumptions and pigeonholing one another into those kind of scenarios of you always blah, 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 or you never blah, 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 that then become a filter that is a kind of confirmation bias. If we put in our heads that someone is really, really bad at engaging other people, all we're ever going to do is see the ways that they don't get it perfect even though no one gets it perfect. When we try to ask other people about their performance, we're only going to hear the things they did wrong instead of hearing that same person saying good things too, because we've created that confirmation bias based on our assumptions, based on gross generalizations. Now, that doesn't mean that you can't keep improving. It doesn't mean that you don't have areas of weakness. We all do. But it does mean that you can recognize when a problem can turn into a really great opportunity to dig deeper and find a solution you wouldn't have found otherwise, or when it is someone else dealing with a problem that they are trying to, let's just say, spread the love around instead of maybe dealing with their own feelings. You know, maybe they don't need to be carrying around the anger or the guilt or the shame that they have. Maybe they have their own set of triggers, their own stories that's making them carry something they don't need to. So if you can get out of your own triggers, if you can recognize projection for what it is, if you can then cultivate empathy for the person about what's driving that need to feel that way, you can actually help them and you can better advance the situation because you're able to say, this is not about me. This was never about me. Even though they attacked an area that is not one of my strengths, it still wasn't about me. That can be really, really much easier said than done because in the moment, you do feel attacked. In the moment, it does feel hurtful. In the moment, you do focus on all the ways you're not good enough instead of all the things that you do right. 
So you need to practice this. Do a journal every morning about how you are improving your weak areas, but make sure you are constantly celebrating all the ways that you are working to improve things that are not your strengths. Have a list of the ways that you are succeeding and winning at doing this. If you have problems with being projected upon and not being able to easily unhook emotionally and shift into empathy and curiosity, you need to be mindful about how you are improving so that when you feel that way, you then have answers and you can say, I'm sorry you feel that way, but these are all the things I've done and the successes I've had with them. You're not going to just level everything in one big swipe. You are going to have to be a lot more specific and a lot more constructive and a lot more fair in what you're saying to me. I hope that this helps you to think a little bit more about accessing your emotional intelligence in your most vulnerable moments, especially when someone is hitting on your vulnerabilities in the process of projecting their own feelings onto you. Because those are the times when it truly is the most difficult to recognize the situation for what it is and shift out of your own reaction and focus more on the other person. And if you find you can't do that in the moment, definitely give yourself the time and space. Revisit that issue with that person at a later date so that you can get the story straightened out and you can both move forward together once you've identified the true root cause of what happened if you are loving this podcast please give us five star glowing reviews i love reading your reviews on the air i love sharing with others what is working for you and what you'd like more of also feel free to send me a direct message on Instagram or an email telling me what you'd like more of or asking your questions. And do not forget, Sunday afternoons at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, I do a clubhouse room where you can talk to me directly. We have a theme every week. It's called Critical Conversations. And I do live laser coaching with anyone who has a question. So it's a way to engage a little differently than a podcast, which is more passive. And I would love to see you in the room. So until next time, take care. Thanks for being part of this episode of Architecting. If you enjoyed the show, join our community on Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn to keep up with what's in the show pipeline, including a behind-the-scenes look at my architecture lifestyle. Feel free to share your content ideas. Love to hear your feedback. 
You can also visit architectingpodcast.com to download free career content and learn about my classes, book, and coaching programs. Until next time, stay inspired. (laughs) 